Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check out our website at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Catch our whole back catalog, seasons mm-hmm. one and mm-hmm. two, catch mm-hmm. up on mm-hmm. three. Yep. Connect to social media, check our bios. Do things, Do man. Do things, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So actually, social media, quick thing. Yes. Because we got some new uh, members in the group, and thank you for hopping aboard. Hello. Welcome aboard. And uh, How are you? Keep your hands and feet inside yeah. the vehicle at all times. And we can, um, you know, we embrace the, uh, the chatter and all that stuff. We approve all the comments that come through. So if there's we comments do. and you're like, hey, I didn't see it come up right away, I might delete it. We just got to review it. Right. And the reason we have to review it is because of this. There's a lot of self-promotion on the Facebook group. And spam. Yeah. Yep. But I'd sp- have to say spam is self-promotion in this yeah. case. Yeah. And I say self-promotion because you didn't ask for permission to promote yourself. Right. And that's our ask. Yeah. We have no problem promoting you. Right. But please submit it into the archaic form of email at O-T-H O-T-H at seriouslydecent.com. If you do not go through email, we're deleting it every, every single, single time. time. That's yeah. it. Yep. It's uh, So I know a lot of it is bots. Yeah. I know a lot of it is that type of stuff. Yep. But I don't want to turn people off from the group either. Right, yeah. You know, if you're in a like-minded space and you're in this kind of same genre of podcasts, and you'd Fine. like to do a collab or you'd like to promote something, yeah. we'll definitely check you out. Yeah. But the fact is, is we'd like Give to do it. Give us a chance to check you out. We'd like to we check go, you out. Uh, and, yeah. and we'd like to do it in a more formal process. Yeah. Because, yeah, if we would like to have a relationship with you, we would like to have a relationship, something that's yeah. long yeah, and yeah, enduring. Yeah. yeah. And not just a one and done Before thing. Before we suggest something yeah. to our fanatics. No, because we, we get stuff. Check it out. We get stuff a lot of time, and this is stuff you don't even see, Jen. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll get a lot of emails, and it's people that'll do like email or uh, movie trailers, mm-hmm. uh, movie stuff like that. And we're not really like a movie podcast. No, we're not. So unfortunately, I do ditch a lot of those, and yeah. maybe that's opportunities we could branch out to other groups, but. I just don't, we made a decision a long time ago that we don't want to be a movie podcast. Yeah. Um, However, we may get into the thing where we'll say, hey, there's this independent film. You could check this out and just kind of blurb it Mm -hmm. out that way. Because I get we have a wide reach. We do. And I get, you know, we started. We got some pretty amazing people. Well, yeah, but we started from nothing, too. And and so I respect that. But but I also want to keep what we have with care. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's all I know is it takes one bad apple to ruin a whole entire bunch. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that don't, kind of uh, that. stigma. No. So, yes, for those that have a podcast mm-hmm. or um, a board game, because mm-hmm. we've gotten those, too. Yes. You know, check out our board game and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just this is a part time thing for us. So we don't have that kind of full time ability to look at things. Right. So that's furthermore, if you could just send through email. Mm-hmm. And and just really kind of wow us with your email saying, hey, check me out, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, or I'd like to do a collab or I'd like to do this and that. And 
with Halloween coming up, we're definitely em- embracing the idea of stuff like that. But yeah, just to go on a Facebook man, we're group. we're torturing ourselves. <laughs> but just to go on a Facebook group and throw a comment of, hey, check my podcast out. Yeah. Or check this out. That's going to be cli- declined every we're time. We're going to decline it every single time. So Unless you've gone through email first. Yeah, you go through email and then we'll create some sort of post for you. Correct. And you could get a full post yes. instead of a chintzy comment yeah. off of stuff we have. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, pretty So that's much. where a lot of it, I look at it, it's yeah. bots and things like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, we like to stay very organic here. You know, organic relationships, organic posts, organic yes. content, yes. all that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that was one thing I mm-hmm. wanted to address. The second mm-hmm. thing, uh, it's been the reoccurring theme, but it'll keep going for at least four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing the wing... Hot Wing Challenge. The Hot Wing Challenge. That's going to be our Halloween episode, and it's going to be in video and audio. Uh, we so, got a videotape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so in in that uh, respect, if you have some questions that you'd like us to answer as far as uh, cult themes, lore themes, any kind of things like that, or just like what we think about this, what mm-hmm. we think about that, uh, again, Organically sent to email at oth at seriouslydecent.com or that we will permit as a post. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's, again, organic material. That's yeah. part of the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. We've got the hot sauce packet picked. Yep. We're going to order it. Uh, within the next week or two, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll start drumming that up of what kind of sauces we got and how yeah. we're all the Scoville units and all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, yeah, for the Halloween episode, whenever that falls, I don't have the exact date on it. We're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. do that. I was even thinking maybe we could even put it in like an episode. Like we'll actually try to do an episode while uh, with doing like that. us answering the questions. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> You know, yeah. So in between we the should, questions, we should uh, we, we should drop the and... audio for the podcast episode with us going through the questions, and then we'll have the the video up. I as figure well. we're just yeah. gonna do it all at once because yeah. it's a test thing for yeah. video. So the video might not work out, and I don't want to ruin it all completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and if um, you're just hopping in for the first time, or if you're hopping in from uh, a lapse. Mm-hmm. Of listening to us, uh, we are considering video next year. Yes, and that's uh, this is one of the things we could do to test out video and, mm-hmm. and see how mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. pans out mm-hmm. for us on the editing end and the content creation and right. and, and all that yes. stuff. Uh, but the video, we're definitely going to do. Uh, I want to do it to where it's a free platform. Uh, I don't want to charge for it, and I don't want to pay for it either. Right. So that limits us to some of the options. Mm-hmm. Obviously, YouTube's one of them. Yep. We're going to check a few others. Um, I'm not really biased towards anything. Right. Um, it's more availability and what people mm-hmm. go on. So, um, yeah, that's the other thing to address. And um, I think I think that's it. Oh, my God. Did we just do, like, businessy stuff? Well, yeah, you know. Here's the thing. They they say this in, mm-hmm. in podcasting. If you want something for listeners to do, mm-hmm. you have to say it seven times in seven different episodes. You got it. Fair enough. You have to say it yeah. seven times for it All to right. be reached in. So 
we're what two, two, two down, two down, two down, three ish. So that's five to go. That's what I'm saying. We're going to pump this all yeah. through through to the middle of September mm-hmm. and late September through there. And then, of course, October, we're going to blast it through. But yeah, so that's all of the um, what do they call it? Uh, stuff. Yeah, there's a fancy word. It's a $30 word for all that stuff I just said there. It's I not, like stuff. It's not addendums, but uh, oh, I forget. Got some addendums and provisos. Provisos. <laughs> Let's put a pin in that, <laughs> and we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that for next week, where we'll bother you again with it. Um, so here we are, season three. Back to some good old fashioned murder. Episode one hundred and forty. Yep. Uh, and actually, this is an interesting kind of murder story. Because yeah. it's questionable. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, and there's some cool history wrapped into this as well. Yeah. Stuff that people haven't really, you know, you might hear some things that you've never heard before. Right. That was very common a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. just shows you how much the world how much has changed. It's changed, man. It really is. Yeah. And um, so I'm very excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So episode 140. Mm-hmm. Mini Dean. Yep. Not Mini Dean, Mini Creative Director Dean. No. Not that. And, and if we're honest, he really wasn't Mini for very long. His paws were never Mini. No. He had maxi paws he, right from the start. He had big foots. He did have big foots. Big feet. <laughs> yeah. Which he's, uh, he's here. And you're not allowed to touch him. And he's here sleeping in peace because mm-hmm. we've been gone all day. Yeah. We had a great day at the park, though. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. He really well, needed to I was have, sitting there have and fun. I talked to mom. I caught up with her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then I was sitting there thinking, I was like, it's been a long time since we've been at that park. It's been like, like a two year. years. I was going to say it's at least yeah. over a year. So it was amazing. Like I drop him off and he gets right to the pole where the gate is. Yeah. And he's sniffing that for at least 15 minutes straight. I'm sure. Which that's like hardcore sniffing right there. Yeah, that's that's huffing. Yep. And uh, so then I'm thinking, all right, we're gonna ramble up the up the the path there. He gets right to the um, pavilion mm-hmm. and just sniffarama. He's sniffing the table. Yep. He's sniffing all yep. that. And then he was gonna go into the pavilion. I'm like, buddy. I'm like, we got a ways to go. Do you want to burn it all out here? And he's just like, oh. No. And he runs up, <laughs> gets to literally like 15, 20 more feet, nose to the ground again. Yep. And then uh, and then he was good by the time we got up to like the gazebo. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, yeah, this is old business. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I know this place. You know, yeah. Nothing's just... changed here, man. Everything's the same. <laughs> Everything's the same spot. Some maybe some new smells, but nothing too crazy. Nope. Yeah. But, yeah, we get in the car, and he's just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It, just the sniffer. For like, those of you overload. that have dogs, and you're one of those just take them for multiple walks, mm-hmm. if you really want to gas out your dog, let them smell. Yeah. Let, let them smell, because that works them out more than it's crazy. a three-mile walk. I remember I was so ignorant to the idea, and I remember when, like, Dean was younger, mm-hmm. and— um and I, I can't remember where I read it. It was online somewhere. And they were saying, yeah, when you walk your dog, you let them sniff everywhere, mm-hmm. even if it takes 
10 minutes. And yeah. you'd have a lot of people there like, well, no, I'm trying to burn you out. And they look at it from exercise. Right. But the way they said it was, is if your dog did 15, 10 to 15 minutes of intense like Heavy sniffing. sniffing. Yeah. It's the equivalent of 30 to 40 minutes of just walking. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So if you supremely like dislike walking your dog, which I got to ask yourself, why do you have a dog? Right. Yeah. But let's just get past that. Um, let them sniff. Let them smell. And uh, it'll wear them. Let them smell, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So back to Minnie Dean. How about her? Uh, the sources I have is uh, NZ History. Dot gov. Same. Um, which New Zealand. This, yes, this story this, takes place this in takes New Zealand. This takes place in New Zealand. Or took place in New Zealand. Yeah. It's not taking place. That's, no. It it done it done deed already hit. That ship has <laughs> sailed. Um library dot shop in um New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And then papers past, it's the National Library right. in uh New Zealand. I also have Or should I say New Zealand? Or how how do they they say it? Different. Yeah, now I'm acting totally American. Yeah. Yeah. No. How about we just, how about we let that how ship sail, too? How about we let that too? ship sail, too? Yeah. Ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> so I, too, have nzhistory.gov and rnz.com, or I'm sorry, rnz.co.nz. Mm. And. Yeah, those great government addresses. I know, right? They're so smooth and roll right off the tongue. <laughs> it It really does. Yeah. So. When I initially went to NZ History, mm-hmm. baby farmers was the the topic. Yeah. And that's where Minnie Dean got her nickname, the baby farmer. Yeah. So what I did was I backtracked mm-hmm. into, all right, so what do they consider a baby farmer? What in farmer? the heck is a baby farmer? Here we go. Yeah. So before organized creches or daycare centers, mm-hmm. single mothers and some married women, too, paid other people to look after their children. You know, kind of like a babysitter or a nanny type thing. Some also adopted. Correct. Like it was a drop-off. This could be a temporary arrangement while a woman was out at work, or it could end up being permanent as women simply paid others to take their children off their hands. It was a form of unofficial adoption. Mm -hmm. The practice came under intense public scrutiny in the late 19th century. High-profile British and Australian court cases in the 1880s introduced New Zealanders to the sinister practices of baby farmers, a.k.a. paid caregivers who neglected children in their care, concealed their deaths, or deliberately murdered the infants. And so, just to kind of put it in perspective, this is late Victorian Britain, and, and less commonly... In Australia and United States. It happened, but this was a real kind of late Victorian Britain thing. Right. Um, and, and Australia got into it a teeny bit. Again, right. the state's a teeny bit. But just to kind of put it in perspective. And again, we're in New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand newspapers soon reported suspect, suspected cases of baby farming. There was usually more smoke than fire. An 1889 police survey in Christchurch revealed more honest caregivers than baby farmers. Interest was aroused, though, and New Zealanders began to discover baby farmers in their midst. Quote, I have no hesitation in saying that the evil of baby farming exists in this colony to a large extent, end quote, reported Arthur Hume, 
the commissioner of police in 1893. He claimed to know of 20 baby farmers in uh, Christchurch alone. Mm -hmm. In an attempt to stamp out this fearful slaughter of the innocents, the state regulated the system of paid child care. Under the Infant Life Protection Act, passed in 1893, all homes that received payment excuse me, for looking after infants under the age of two for more than three consecutive days had to be licensed as foster homes and were subject to police inspection. Three years later, the system was tightened further in response to one of the most dramatic criminal trials in New Zealand history, which brings us to Minnie Dean, and she is ranked as one of New Zealand's most infamous figures. Yeah. And now, she's the first and only woman to be judicially executed in their history. Yeah, and, and it's safe to say that probably ever, mm -hmm. um, because they've abolished executions there. So that might be a title that she's going to hold forever. You know, I yeah. mean, unless they reverse it around. But yeah, she was the only woman and probably will ever be the only, the only woman, woman that was yeah. executed in New Zealand. So for years, she was portrayed as a cold-blooded killer who murdered babies for cash. Well, executed for capital punishment. I just right. wanted to get that More registered. recently, though, as people have done more investigating, the attitudes toward her has has shifted a little bit, yeah. but she's still a very complex and controversial figure. Minnie arrived in, in Invercargill, on a ship from Tasmania in the early 1860s. No one knows exactly which year or her age, but she would have been in her late teens or early 20s. She told people she was the widow of an Australian doctor and the daughter of a Presbyterian minister back home in Scotland. That story wasn't true. But as historian Barbara Brooks, Brooks explained, it was pretty common for new immigrants to lie about their backgrounds. Quote, that's one of the big attractions of migration. People could reinvent themselves, end quote. And Minnie had more reasons than most to want to reinvent herself. She arrived in Invercargill with a young daughter and was pregnant with a second. Lindley Hood, author of Minnie Dean, Her Life and Crimes, found Tasmanian birth records for Minnie's eldest daughter signed with her maiden name, Wilhelmina McCulloch. That suggests that both Minnie's daughters, Ellen and Isabella, were illegitimate. She was only 16 years old, this is a quote, and she'd gone to Tasmania by herself, Lindley Hood said. Maybe she was pregnant and had been sent off to the colonies because she was bringing the family to shame, which is one of the options. And of course, illegitimacy wasn't uncommon in the 19th century, but it came with a heavy social stigma. Unwed mothers struggled to find jobs or husbands or any kind of normal social life. Minnie's white lie about a dead husband let her dodge a, lead, a lot of those um, social mm -hmm. issues, baggage, innuendos. Yeah. She probably had some help in pulling off this story. Minnie had a famous aunt in New Zealand. She's best known as Granny Kelly, and she's a founding settler of Invercargill. Quote, her aunt would have known the truth, said Lindley Hood. It must have been Granny Kelly who really put her arms around Minnie and supported her and helped spread the story that she was the widow of a doctor and the daughter of a clergyman, end quote. So here's Minnie with this tricky start to her life, but she spent the next eight years making the most of her second chance. 
she became a governess and married a local farmer called Charles Dean. They set up a pub near Riverton on the road to Otago Goldfields, and the pair stood to make a pile of cash from thirsty miners off to seek their fortune. Minnie's daughters, Ellen and Isabel, got married and left home. The couple adopted two more girls, Margaret and Esther. And that's when everything starts to go wrong. Mm. In the 1870s, a railway line was built bypassing the Dean's Pub. Customers dried up, and to make matters worse, New Zealand was in the midst of a long depression. The bank foreclosed on the mortgage Charles Dean had taken out to buy the pub, and he was declared bankrupt. Minnie and Charles fell back on Granny Kelly, who gave them enough money to buy a house and farm at a place called the Larches, just outside of Winton. They stocked the land with cattle and planted a small orchard, and that's when disaster hits for a second time. Quote, the Larches burned to the ground, said Lindley Hood, and a man, who they owed money to, came along and took away all the fruit trees, end quote. Minnie and Charles scraped together enough money to rebuild, but their new home wasn't much better than a hovel. Then the Deans were hit by a third tragedy. Quote, they found one of her daughters with her two small children. I think they were about 10 months and two years. They were all found drowned in a well, end quote. It seems almost certain the deaths were a murder-suicide, but officially they were recorded as unexplained. Lindley Hood thinks that's probably because the community wanted to make sure Ellen got a Christian burial, which wouldn't have been possible if her death was ruled a suicide. So now we have Minnie Dean in the 1880s, recently bereaved, destitute, living in a hovel in Winton with two adopted daughters and no real source of income. Quote, Charles was bankrupt, which made it difficult for him to find a job of any description, Lindley Hood said. So many began taking unwanted babies, end quote. There's no easy description for what Minnie Dean was doing in modern terms. Maybe you'd call it a one-woman orphanage or a long-term child care service. But in Minnie's day, people had another term for what she was doing, and that's baby farming. And right at this point in the story, New Zealand's newspapers were full of stories from the UK and Australia about baby farmers and... By gosh, by golly, they actually included them. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Waters, the Brixton baby farmer, has been sentenced to death and executed. Wellington, Independent, December 3rd, 1870. A baby farmer named Augusta Gramage was lately sentenced to 10 years penal servitude for feloniously slaying a young child that had been entrusted to her care. Nelson Evening Mail, January 21st. 1875. Hundreds of people gathered in the street, lined the fences, and crowded even the housetops to watch the police at work. The two bodies found today bring the total up to 15 unearthed so far. Bay of Plenty Times, November 30th, 1892. The bodies of three infants have been unearthed at Brunswick, a suburb of Melbourne. The police believe they are on track of an extensive system of baby farming. New Zealand Mail, September 8th, 1893. And in 1895, New Zealand had its own baby farming headlines. And then we're going to get into Miss Minnie. So in 1895, Southland's Wilhelmina Minnie Dean became the first and only woman to be hanged in New Zealand. 
Her story exposed the stark realities of paid childcare and the lack of choice that many women faced during this period. Dean had looked after children for a fee since the late 1880s at her rural Winton home, the Larches. At any one time, there could be up to nine children under the age of three in her care. In an era of high infant mortality, it was perhaps inevitable that some of the children would fall ill and die, especially if they were disadvantaged to begin with and lived in cramped conditions. In defense of Minnie Dean, a six-month-old infant died in 1889, and two years later, a six-week-old baby died of inflammation of the heart valves and congestion of the lungs. The inquest concluded that the dead infant and other children at the Larches were well cared for, but that the premises were actually inadequate. Dean was already under police investigation by then. Police had found that she had been looking for more children to take into her care and that she had tried unsuccessfully to take out life insurance policies on some of the infants. The death of the baby brought closer surveillance, and in 1892, Christchurch police took charge of a three-week-old child that Dean had adopted from its single mother for 25 pounds. Police traced Dean to a boarding house and found the child in very dirty clothes, being fed from a bottle containing sour and curdled milk. The baby's mother said that she could scarcely recognize her child as it had, quote, so altered for the worse in the two days that Dean had looked after it. The police thought that they had probably saved the baby's life. They remained suspicious and kept Dean under surveillance. And in 1893, the commissioner of police wrote to the minister of justice with renewed concerns about Dean's activities. And now we get to the actual event that caused all of this. You know, it's crazy because you were, you briefly mentioned it a bit, but like the infant mortality at that time Mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think this is something that like people are so disconnected from. Yeah. Like they have no idea. I'd have to say what the like actual the actual things that were at stake then. Yeah. You know, I was reading some stuff where they were saying that it was basically estimated to run that about 80 to 100 infants out of a thousand colonial births Mm -hmm. were going to die. They they would die. Yeah. That's 10%. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, there was a period of time where when a woman found out she was pregnant, instead of there being great rejoice... Yeah, and, no, it was a serious yeah, situation. Because like, if the mother survived, mm-hmm. then, okay, did the baby. If the baby survives the birth, all right, well, now the next hurdle is, does the baby make it to a year? Yeah. And then it was, okay, we've made it to a year. Can we make it to two? And I don't think they ever truly stopped worrying whether or not a kid or a a child, a toddler, would die until they made it to, like, School. you know, 13, 14, and they're well, like, no, all I, right, you might make it now. The way I looked at it was, like, usually, like, the the breath of fresh air would kind of come around, like, at, like, age five, age five and six, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, you know, okay, I think we're in the clear with all that. Right. But, I mean, just snap right out of the gate. Yeah. 80 to 100 infants yeah. out of 1,000. Yeah. 
And and like you said, I mean, that doesn't even cover the figure of like the first year. Yeah. You know, so what do you add another, say, out of thousand births, oh, you got a hundred that die immediately. Mm-hmm. You probably got another hundred that'll die in like yeah. age one yeah. to two. Yeah. You know, so now you're looking at basically what they normally say, like 25 to 30 percent yep. of the births ended up in some sort of death. And you think about yeah. it at that time. Scarlet fever. Scarlet yeah. fever came through that would wipe out probably all of your children. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and then, heaven forbid, if they get exposed to measles or mumps. Mm-hmm. So, like, even school-age children. Yeah, I mean, everything is fine until it's not. All yeah. it takes is some sort of epidemic to make its way through. Mm-hmm. And this is before the the age of... Even really good medicine, let alone yeah. inoculation. Well, and if you go back early enough, it was crazy because this gets us back to what we were talking about, like history of uh, vampires and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where, you know, people didn't even really know. And I mean, I'm going way back now, but the fact is, it's like they didn't even really fully understand how diseases travel. Correct. Yeah. You know, so this is Until how you, germ theory, they were like, yeah. I don't know, man, you got ghosts in your blood. Yeah, yeah, you know, or this person's a vampire because yeah. they're spitting up blood or yeah. whatever, you know, and just... Um, it's drill a hole in your head so <laughs> the bad spirits can leave. Well, you know, you can joke about the drilling of the head, but that still is done to release, like, pressure, you yeah. know, from trauma to the brain and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, in TBI, you know, you they'll remove there. a portion of the oh, skull. Oh, yeah, I've met a few people that have, like, you can see the plate or mm-hmm. they have, like, the dent. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that. And, you know, that's a like total giveaway of yeah. somebody that had brain trauma that got that removed. So you do look at stuff like that and you look at how far ahead of its time it really was, you know, and nothing was very sanitary and Mm-mm. they were doing those mm-hmm. types of things. I mean, you know, in one hand, you can look at how exceptional that is, you know, but you can also look at it, you know, other reasons for things. And Right. Well, know, I mean, here's a. Here's a surgeon, a doctor, going from removing a gangrenous limb from one patient, not washing their hands, and then going and delivering a baby. And then they're like, geez, we can't figure out why all these people are dying (laughs) and and these babies aren't making it. I don't know. Maybe it's the shit you got all over your hands. Well, and here's the thing, though, is even cleaning then, like, they didn't have antibacterial stuff. So no. I'm going to say they cleaned. You know, I know I hear stories of things where they didn't clean and all that stuff. But but people even back then had a general sense of staying clean. You know, they did they do it often? No. You know, could they do it often? No. But there was this general sense of... Oh, I'm in. I should probably just. Not I'm in a hotel now, now yeah. or I'm in a you know like, you know I'm here or there, and I'm gonna bathe, or I'm near the stream. I'm gonna br- yeah. bathe, but that's what people have to understand is yeah, you could wash your hands with a bar of soap. What the fuck was that then? Yeah, you know, I mean, just what people are making bars of soap with now, mm-hmm. you know, and and but they didn't have any of the antibacterial agents no. and no, and all that type fat, of stuff. Ash and, and lie. Yeah. With maybe some lavender in it, you know. <laughs> I don't even think they'd they'd do that. Yeah. They'd be like, here's my soap. Yeah, but hot water and, you know, that basic type of stuff, that was being clean then. And so you know I have this like morbid fascination with like this weird type of shit. Yeah. So I was reading and it was 
I don't remember whether it was a university, like um, like a research group from a university, or whether it was a research group like independent, uh-huh. and they had like this grant, and they were interested in uh, effects on the body after death. Mm-hmm. Kind of to apply to like, you know, like the body farm situation, you know, yeah. like what happens to your body or, you know, say you're exposed to something weird, you know, or radiation or whatever, you know, how does that impact your body, mm-hmm. say, several years down the line? Yeah. And they ended up doing an exhumation, and I think it was in a cemetery in Pennsylvania somewhere, like a remote. It was in a, a there was a specific section of the cemetery, all of these people were from this one particular place, and there had been one particular event that happened, and they were curious as to, you know, what that event would have had on these bodies. So they exhumed a couple of them, and what they discovered was that those that had the really high adipose content, Mm -hmm. that essentially their remains were soap like they they had soapified mm. the adipose had reacted yeah so in their i don't i don't want to call it like decomposition but mm-hmm. essentially it was in their decomposition that because of this high adipose content that it ended up turning the the flesh and the the body itself mm-hmm. into soap. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine? Yeah, I can. Like say say your loved one is buried mm-hmm. and you've gone through the grieving process and say it's like 15, 20 years down the road and all of a sudden they realize, oh, you know, there may have been some sort of heinous thing that happened. Yeah. Like maybe this wasn't just an accident, you mm-hmm. know, maybe this was a homicide. Something so they're sinister. Like, yeah. So let's exhume the loved one. And so here you are, you make this, this really heavy decision and you're like, okay, let's, let's exhume her. Let's check this out. Mm-hmm. And you, you bring the body out and then they're like, can't can't test anything because it's all soap now. <laughs> Could you imagine? Your I'd be Mima, like, wait, what? Your Mima is a is a is, is a, a bar of a, Irish Spring. Yeah, it's a, your Mima is now ivory. Yeah, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I think it's just further sense to know. Like, just when you think you got things figured out, you don't. Yeah, I was you just, so fascinated yeah. by that because I mean. When you think about it, like that is how they made mm-hmm. soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, but then you're like, where'd they get the lie? And it's possible. Well, it's possible they could have put it that in it could have been from the event that they all. Yeah, the event, or they could have yeah. put lie in the grave. You know, they could have. Yeah, yeah. These are you know those are those things you'll just never know, you know. But yeah, I've, I, I'm. <laughs> At this point in my life, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. <laughs> no, it's just a general rule. There was a part of me that was like, all right, I know I know now when they 
bury a body, especially if you're if the cemetery is anywhere near like a municipal water supply mm-hmm. that not only you can't just put the casket in the ground. It has to be in Those a burial vault, vaults. a concrete yeah. burial vault. And there are varying versions like you can get your basic run of the mill burial vault, which is just the concrete, which the entry model. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it will still degrade over time. Well, concrete breaks apart. Right. You know. But they also have the, like, the Cadillac of the concrete burial vault. Well, of course. That's plastic lined. Mm-hmm. And it's plastic lined not only on the inside, but on the inside of the top of mm-hmm. it. So that, essentially, when you seal that, it creates an airtight seal. You're sealed for freshness. You are, you're ziplocked. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Or burped Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think back to all those, all those years mm-hmm. where it was literally a, a wooden, a wooden box, a yeah. wooden box in the oh. ground. And it's still that way in the uh, Jewish cemeteries. And then mm-hmm. I was thinking back to this event where they were like, they at least two of the bodies were sopified, mm-hmm. and I don't know why they don't just do the box. Like everybody can either. sit there and talk about you know what's best for the environment or mm-hmm. what's best for mm-hmm. whatever, but it's like you know there's deer that just die in the woods. Yeah, all's right in the world. Yeah, there's bear that yep. just die in the woods. Mm-hmm. All's right in the world. Yeah, you got that homeless guy that goes out in a field, just dies, and five years later. He's gone. Yep. You know, because it's just nature being nature. Correct. You know, I don't yep. see where that's a problem. No. You know, now, you know, is there a question of all the, and this is something I'm just not educated on, mm-hmm. but all the stuff that they, you know, inject like embalming and all yeah. that stuff like this that have some sort of adverse effect or something I'm sure like it would have you know? to. Like, because if you just left. But how much embalming fluids in a body? You know, well, I mean, I mean like, there is the formaldehyde that is part of it. Yeah, but I mean, how much is it? I don't even. They they completely drain you. Yeah, and then they recirculate for what goes out. All they right. inject. So is that just the, blood or bodily fluids? They take out the the blood yeah. and bodily fluids together, and then they re they refill with the embalming fluid. Mm. So they recirculate the embalming fluid through hmm. as a quote-unquote replacement. At least that's how it was explained to me. Years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, I'm doing a quick uh, kind of quick Google search to see uh, how much embalming fluid is used per body. 2% solution of formaldehyde mm-hmm. and irritant volatile acid, approximately one pint of embalming fluid per stone weight of the body, plus one point pint. So it's two pints per pound, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. So if you're 200 pounds, be 400 pints. It's a lot of, a yeah. lot of fluid. And then you got 400 pints, uh... And we'll just do 400 pints in the gallons. That's 60 U.S. gallons. 
Yeah. That's quite. A, that's, that is quite that's, a bit. That's a lot. I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it's that much. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. They have some bloated know. bodies. Anywho. Yeah. Anyhow. So what happened when they started getting into the thick of? Uh, thick of it. Thick of it here. Picture it. On average, an embalmer <laughs> will need to use one gallon of embalming f- solution for every fifty pounds. One gallon for every 50 pounds. Yeah. So for a 200-pound person, that'd be four, four gallons. Four gallons. That's negligible. Okay. That That isn't going to do anything to the ground. Yeah. Fair enough. Wooden boxes all around. <laughs> all right. Fun fact. Yeah? The We don't like fun facts here. The Jewish uh, caskets, mm-hmm. they're all wood. They are not al- no, allowed to use any nails. Yeah. So it's all... Uh, like um, I'm waiting to see if you the can... wood joining. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's wood glue, it's dovetails, and yeah. wood. Yeah, they do yeah. the dovetail, but then yeah. they also do the pegs. The pegs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know what? There's a lot of people that are like, so what happened with Minnie Dean? <laughs> <laughs> Events moved quickly yeah. in 1895. They sure do. On May 2nd, a railway guard saw Dean board a train carrying a young baby and a hat box. On the return trip, he noticed she only had the hat box, which, as railway porters later testified, was suspiciously heavy. What's in the box? After a fruitless search along the tracks, police unearthed from Dean's garden the recently buried bodies of two babies identified as Eva Hornsby and Dorothy Carter and the skeleton of an older boy whom Dean later claimed had drowned. An inquest determined that Dorothy Carter had died of an overdose of an op- of the opiate laudanum, commonly used to calm irritable infants. Mm-hmm. Minnie Dean went on trial for Carter's murder murder in Invercargill on June 18, 1895. She was defended by the renowned defense lawyer Alfred Hanlon, who later wrote that sober, home-loving folk from end to end of the country shuddered. When the grim and ghastly story of Minnie's infamy infamy was narrated by the prosecution, imagine a being with the name and appearance of a woman boldly using a public railway train for the destruction of her helpless victims, sitting serene and unperturbed in a carriage with one tiny corpse in a tin box at her feet and another and shrouded in a shawl and secured by traveling straps in the luggage rack at her head. Now let's get to her execution. It's crazy. Despite Hamlin's defense that the baby's death was accidental, on June 21st, Dean was found guilty of murder and sentenced to death. She was hanged at Invercargill, Gaul, on August 12, 1895, again earning her this dubious honor of being the only woman ever executed in New Zealand. So after this, this becomes the stuff of legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After her death, Minnie Dean became part of New Zealand folklore. Local <laughs> legend way. even claimed that no plants would grow on her grave. Yep. Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter Helen Henderson, who was raised in Southland, recalled that, quote, Minnie was like the boogeyman of our town when I was a kid. If you were giving a cheek to your mom, you know, or you were being naughty, mm-hmm. 
It was like, you better watch out or I'll send you off to Minnie Dean's farm and you'll never be heard of again. Henderson captured... The stuff that parents do to get their kids straightened out. I'll Shut send your you... Face. I'll send you to a haunted murderer's house I'll if you'll just shut the hell up. I'll send you to the baby killer. <laughs> so Henderson captured the macabre's fascination with the case in her song, Minnie Dean. And then they have a portion mm-hmm. of the song. She dressed in black and she carried a hat. And a hat box went early to the station she came. And on her way back, she always wore the hat. Invercargill to Winton on the five o'clock train. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is Minnie Dean. Yeah, it's it's so pretty, maybe don't kill babies. It's pretty strange because I was reading uh old newspaper articles like when this was going on. Mm-hmm. And um it was funny because actually in the beginning of the case, like the public opinion, you could see where the public opinion was like shifting. Really, really heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and there um, were um, reports of the different ways she killed the babies, like yeah. with a hat pin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there was tons of yeah. stuff. And, you know, it, that's where I love doing this type of stuff because you mm-hmm. realize, like, people don't change. Like, no. groups of people act the same. Yeah. And, like, watching how, like, public opinion got swayed on mm-hmm. this and you could read it, like, through the newspaper articles as they were going through mm-hmm. and how... How, you know, there was this attitude at one point and then the the newspapers would say this or that. Mm -hmm. And then like, bang, it's just like the public opinion switched. Yeah. You know, and this was before they had the really heavy evidence of the train stuff Mm -hmm. and all that. And uh, yeah. And at this point, the stigma of baby farming was really, really in a bad spot. Um, I mean. I mean, they had wet nursing then. Which, like, if people aren't aware with wet nursing they is. They actually is, still have wet nursing, and that's women who are lactating and feed babies. Yeah. Who so, are not the biological but mothers. Not the biological mothers. But it was very common mm-hmm. in these baby farming mm-hmm. situations, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really, I find it amazing because, like I said earlier, like, you had the Victorian era, late Victorian era Britain that did most of this. This mm-hmm. is where it came from, yeah. you know. And then um, it was very just subtle in Australia and in uh, America. But Australia has this mega case like New Zealand, you know, or New Zealand. Yeah. Sorry. And um yeah, and then at that time, I think there was four or five other uh, people, like women, that were executed for this. And, yeah, it's it's amazing. They would give them, like, 10, 20 bucks, which, I mean, then that was a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and that would be uh, just, yeah, take care of this kid, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's something that occurred, mm-hmm. and, I mean, honestly, not too freaking long ago. No. You know, you're talking 150 Mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had this practice that was going on for a while. Yeah. And it was definitely the rich that were doing this. Um, You know, people didn't have that kind of money to do that kind of stuff. But there would be babies that were dropped off. Mm -hmm. And it's just people trying to deal with them, you know. And, um, yeah, it's a really, really crazy part of history. And 
I love doing these kinds of stories because people, I think, really need to know just where the hell it, they it, came yeah, from. Yeah, and just how bad it really was. So well, and things how aren't bad that it bad. can get. Yeah. You know, this could yeah. come back. Yeah. And people say, no freaking way. It's like life gets basic enough yeah. and you get hungry enough because this is the whole thing. She was a respected person in the community. Yeah. She used to teach mm-hmm. kids and like she was she was respected. People liked her. And then, you know, as you explain, one series of bad luck right after yeah. another, after another, after another. A series of unfortunate you know, events. If and you when will. you got your back on the wall and you gotta yeah. stay alive and you gotta provide and you gotta make it, you know, if there's not a whole lot of structure and law around, you're going to do some things that you'd never thought you'd do, you know? And this is where structure and law comes into play. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we talk about this now, like it'll never, ever happen. And it probably won't. But, well, but the fact I mean, is, is, you know, you, you know, let's be honest, there are still children that die in foster homes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's a, it baby form farming, of it, a form of it. You know, yeah. I mean, you'd look at a foster home. You could say that's a baby farm mm-hmm. to a certain degree or an adoption center or something mm-hmm. like that. That's that's baby farming, um, you know, and and that definitely there's a lot to be said there as far as that goes. But but, yeah, you get people that have bad luck yeah. like that and just bad situations and they're just trying to do the right thing and. You know, I think I think that's what I found interesting with her story is I think you had somebody that had good intentions. Yeah. Then really just saw the brunt side of life tossed at them. And then they figured, you know what, maybe I could do this with good intentions mm-hmm. and get through this. And then the problem is, is life has these dark moments in it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, a child maybe did die. Right. And, you know, what the hell am I going to do with this? Because this is how I make a living. And, right. You know, and it was an accident. I know it's an accident. So I'm good with God. Or in the that kid sense was actually you know, legitimately sick. Legitimately and, sick because yeah. we were talking earlier of that yeah. time period where infant mortality rate was very, very high. high yeah. You know, so it it was something that even if some some child did die, they would just be like, hey, you know. It happens. Yeah. It's part of life. And well, they you know. did. She did have two children die under her care. Mm-hmm. And when it was investigated, they were like, hey, you know, these children are not being neglected, mm-hmm. but the conditions that they're in is inadequate. Essentially yeah. meaning, you know, there were too many children for the space. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, she was mm-hmm. at least at that time filling their needs. Oh, definitely. Well, and, and that's the thing is you, you have these problems now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, people like to sit and think that we're all past all this and we're all through that. No, it's just, it's in a different dress. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I I think that's the worst thing we have as humans is that we put things in a different dress or we put things in a, you know, we change the wording on things to soften it up or to, I hate that. No, I I can't stand it. I hate the, um, unhoused. No, these people are homeless. Yeah. Start letting these things have teeth yeah. because if you just say, oh, they're unhoused, well, that means nothing. Yeah. I mean, that just means oh, uh-huh. they don't have a house. The genius of that was George Carlin when he had that yes. one bit there where he was talking about just the softening of language thing. And, you know, the real one he had there, I mean, he had a lot of them, but, you know, the one kind of popular one was uh, shell shock, mm-hmm. you know, and then it was post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. and, you know... um, 
you know, and he kind of wrapped up the bit with, you know, if we still said they had shell shock, you wonder how much help they would have got. Because exactly. it's just a very hard, honest word it is. of what it is, you know. Like, stop calling rape sexual assault. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just... Because a lot of things are considered sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. And a lot of them aren't necessarily... Rape. <laughs> yeah. Intercourse. Yeah, yeah. So stop it. Yeah. No, it's... it's. Um... You can't fix it if you're pretending like, oh, yeah, it's but not that big a deal. But this is, again, an example, you know, of something 150 years ago where they were doing it then. It's Everybody thinks this stuff is new, but people have just been doing it for a long time. And uh, some of it, a lot of it, I think in some areas, you have a group that, like like sexual assault and rape, Yeah, I'll hop on that for a bit and maybe yeah. piss half the listeners off. But but the fact is, is I think the ones that are calling it sexual assault are the ones that are, quote unquote, trying to help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the problem is, is they're not doing as good as they could think be they doing yeah. or think they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we got to call this a new name, you know, because- the rape thing is making us look bad, you know, and and I, I think that works in a number of areas. Yeah. You know, it's like how many times have I heard people, you know, all these places, oh, you know, the homeless just got all this help and all this stuff. It's like, then why is there so many ho- yeah. homeless? You know, yep. I mean, like, obviously what you're doing is not working. Right. Period. Yep. End of statement. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There's been a homeless problem forever. Yeah. You know, and people just make bad decisions mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. just have shit luck. Yep. Or or it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Some get involved with drugs and destroy their lives. And then we decided lives. to shut down a bunch yeah. of uh, asylums or... Well, yeah. I mean, the asylum thing is a touchy subject, though, too. Yeah. Because... I mean, were the conditions horrendous? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. They were horrendous. And, and science, again... The scientists that knew everything and we're on the bleeding edge of things and we're going to fix things and all that, you know, that's the dark age of science right there with institution, mental institutions. And then you just shut all this shit down. Those people had to have somewhere to go. Yeah, but there's no money in that. I know. And I say no money in it. I'm not saying it from a free market capitalist point. There's no money in it. No one even donates money to it. Yeah. You know, and that's the real problem Mm -hmm. with that. If people were donating mm-hmm. as much as they say they say would they like are. to yeah. to do, I think maybe there could be a chance with that. But then also there's this point where I think personally humanity at this time has to really come, come to grips that there's a lot of people that you just can't help. Yes. You know, and yes. I think if you can't accept that, I mean, gr- granted, you have a heart of gold thinking that. Mm-hmm. And I really think you should mm-hmm. try. You should spread love to people. Uh, I'm a huge endorser yes. of the idea. But the fact remains is, I mean, you look at that that show that I used to watch all the time with interventions. Yeah. And I, it was so sad. If you read the stats on that, it only was, 20 to 30% made it. Yeah. All the other ones rebounded relapsed. back or yep. relapsed back or... or you know, went back into the life. Mm-hmm. That's eighty percent, and they went yeah. to five star resorts for free. They got the they had the best, best care treatment mm-hmm. that money could buy. Yep, and and it didn't work. And that is, a, I think, the greatest experiment that you could see in real time. Yes, that show went on for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yep. They've got tons of data they're mm-hmm. sitting on. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact is, is so now you got to ask yourself a question. Okay, do you want these people homeless on the street, which is what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. or do we pony up and have a heart and and put these people in a facility? Mm-hmm. It would create jobs. Yes. You know, and and you just realize that this is as far as it goes with them. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is as good as it gets. Y- yeah. You know, unless they make some sort of major unless change, unless they make themselves. a change, yeah. and, and maybe them being in that environment, yeah, having they could a safe say that. place where they can sit. But and now yeah. we're going to get into the real hard part, and this is free will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's going to volunteer to go into that? So now, how do you get somebody to get into that? You can't do it against their will. No. You can't do it. So you can't just round up homeless people in the street and throw them in there. Unless you say it's legal to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem we have right now is there's not a group of people that are saying, look, this has to be illegal. Mm -hmm. The street's not safe. Yeah. I don't want my kids around this. I don't want anything. And it's not safe. They're shitting out on the street. It's just not safe, period. You've got people that are desperate. Yeah. You got a whole street of them that are desperate. Yes. And they're desperate for that next high. Yeah. And and if someone hasn't been around someone that's been ad- addicted, addicted to a substance mm-hmm. or or been around that lifestyle, you have no idea that just the 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 light switch switches off, and therein I have to get whatever resources I can to get back to this mm-hmm. feeling or yeah. this thing I'm chasing. Yeah. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's stealing from a store, killing somebody. No. You know, and and yeah, there needs to be a line drawn to mm-hmm. to just say, yeah, this isn't acceptable anymore. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but you can't put these people in jail. You can't put them in prison. Right. They don't belong in jail or prison. It's something else they need to be right. in. Yes. And this is the big question. And I think everybody just needs to say, yeah, that's a problem. And not point fingers and say, hey, it's your fault, it's their fault. And you could do that. And you could probably be justifiable in a lot of areas. But until we come together in humanity to say, this is a problem and we need to come up with a pretty ugly solution for this. Yeah. It's not like if we think the baby farming isn't happening now. Oh, yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. You're nuts. Yeah. You know, and guarantee it's happening. Yeah. And people that don't think there's a homeless problem. You're nuts. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and I'm sorry, it's just, it's not loving what we're doing to them no. to let them out in the no, street and, and so, like just be a bunch of savages mm-hmm. out in the road. There's, there's no love there. No, there's no love for that. And they're actually like, how many times have we watched a true crime show and all of those, I don't know, what do they call them? Uh, encampments. Yeah. Yeah. Are like. A predator's... Oh, it's a predator's wet dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's like happy hunting. Yeah. Because no. nobody cares. Nobody cares about these people. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's where I think we have to start talking about the idea of institutions. We do. We, we, have, we have to, to come up with there something. There was a reason those institutions were up in the first place. Correct. And people forget that. And they were actually doing good until they exceeded... Until science said, we're going to fix these yes. people. That's when it all went wrong. Mm-hmm. It went wrong with all these doctors and all this other stuff said, we could fix these people. And it's like, maybe not. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. Define fix. Yeah. What the hell does fix mean? Yeah. 
they don't want to have drugs anymore. Well, if you lobotomize them, they don't want to do anything anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's the same thing with like antidepressants. Mm hmm. You know, I remember I was on Zoloft. I didn't want to do a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I felt nothing. And that's worse yeah. than feeling too much. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. I was like, no, I don't want to feel like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like this. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, this is where you're starting to get into the ugly treatment of people where you don't win either way. Right. It's a bad decision. Each decision, shit. Right. You know, to leave them out in the street. It's shit. Mm -hmm. To put them in a a, a ward, that's shit. Mm -hmm. There's no kind of happy ending that's a happy Hollywood ending or something like that. But if you're risking the safety of everyone else by doing nothing, then maybe there's something else to do. And the fact that we are not talking about it, the fact that we can't talk about it is the real problem. Yes. I mean, we can't talk about fucking anything anymore without worrying about, you know— an alphabet mafia after us or a bunch of fucking just crazy lunatics that are being driven by no but or... just driven by some sort of cult instinct mm-hmm. either whether it's religion or whatever you know everybody's walking on pins and needles on what they can say and what they can't say cuz they don't want to get shamed and mm-hmm. destroyed and and socially destroyed and all this stuff and i'm sorry i just see where it's only going to get deeper and deeper if we can't have these kind of conversations yeah. And and that's where I think stuff like this is really embracing of that. And that's it's where important. I think it's we need to talk about this type we of do. stuff. And even if you just talk about it with one friend, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised that ripple effect it has with things. Mm-hmm. And this is something I think everyone can get behind. No one likes seeing all this homeless no. on the side of the road. No one likes seeing all these foster kids and just yeah. stray kids in the system. Right. You know, but... To sit there and just say, oh, we're going to do something about it. And then these people collect the money. And this is why the homeless thing is the way it is. You've got these organizations. They're making big money. Yeah. You've got people that run these organizations that are making six-figure freaking salaries. Mm-hmm. And they've got all this homeless around them. Mm-hmm. You know, And so now you've got to go after that. And then the problem is, is if you and I go after that, we're going after an organization that's funded by millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, and going up against the machine, man. Well, it's a machine with deep pockets, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. and and that's uh, yeah, that stuff's all just kind of gone sideways. But, you know, this stuff, like we mentioned, it's gone, but it's not gone. No, you know, the baby farming. It's just got a different package. I mean, are they throwing dead kids off of trains and stuff like that you know she didn't throw the baby from the train you know she, she threw mama it, from the train she put it in a hat box yeah yeah and she carried it away and buried it in her garden mm. yeah yeah no uh, it's crazy i mean it's not great yeah well Minnie dean the baby farmer that so wraps along up, with uh, not great what do we that? got coming up next i know i was gonna say we're uh you know, I think it's a nice little transition thing here mm-hmm. that we were talking about, and it wasn't even on purpose. But uh, yeah, starting in September, we got the Waverly Hills Sanitarium. We do, yeah, guys. This has been on my list from the from the word jump. Yeah, when we were like, "All right, we're going green. We're going to do this." Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, is we haven't done a sanitarium. Story we have yet. not. You know? I know. So this That's opens why I'm up. Like, wait, what? Yeah, this opens up like <laughs> yep. a whole new set of topics that we can dive into now because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's tons of sanitarium stories massive amounts of them 
And some of them are straight up off the chain fucking crazy. You know. I have stumbled across a couple jewels that. Oh, oh yeah, no. There's I easily wait. There's easily three or four of these that I want to do, and it's more of again, like, I mean, medicine was doing some crazy shit, yeah. crazy mm-hmm. shit, you know. And and again, it's the same thing as the homeless person in the street, and you say, oh, someone could go there and kill him, mm-hmm. and no one cares. Well, that's what happened with these sanitariums and stuff yeah. like that. It's just. It's closed doors. Yeah. No, out of sight, out of mind. No one knows what's going on in there. And they're all playing this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Mr. Hyde, Hyde shit. fucking shit, you know. And um, It's Frankenstein. Yeah. But <laughs> at the end of the day, this is where you got to sit down and say there's evil in the world. There is. There really is, you know. Yes. And, and this is where, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like you got to start really finding your moral ground that you're going to stand on. And you got to be true to it. Yeah, you got to. And find you can't your make exceptions. No, you can't make exceptions. You can't, you know, because that's a slippery slope. Yeah. Of going into a bad spot, mm-hmm. and nobody knows that better than me, man. You know, I made a lot of just exceptions for things, and I'm glad I'm turning my way around on it. And I think I have a responsibility now mm-hmm. to talk about that to some degree. I'm not going to talk about everything. That's no. Yeah. No. That's the end of everything. <laughs> but but the Mind fact, your business. <laughs> yeah, but the fact is, is you know, yeah, you can you can lose your moral way real quick. And it's not one thing. No. It's a lot of little yeah. things that you just say. They mm, add up over time. You know, it's like it's like a diet, mm-hmm. you know, and you're on this very like lean meats, vegetables, fruits diet, you know, and yep. and it's good to you. Mm-hmm. It treats you well. Yeah. You know, it treats you really well. It makes you healthy. You know, it's Thanksgiving. You know, but then you know, and somebody, you're like, I gotta have Thanksgiving dinner. It's no, my but favorite. you're just at work, and somebody <laughs> tossed a candy bowl in front of you, and yep. you got some candy bars, and you're like, eh, it's just a little candy bar, you know. And then you hit the candy bar up, you know, and then you go home, and you're like, well, you know, I should just get that pint of ice cream, blah blah blah, you know. I get a bag of chips, you know. I'm already off the wagon. Might as well go, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, if you were to make a like analogy of that to morality, mm-hmm. it's very similar in that regard. I've, I've learned more and more in the pursuit of the path I'm going in. Man, it's hard to be good. It is. It's so easy to be bad. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's and so a lot of times easy to be bad. It feels really good to be bad. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Well, mm-hmm. no, it feels good to be bad. In a very small window of time. Yeah, at that moment. And that's what I've learned. Yeah. And and even that wears away, mm-hmm. you know, and now you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. But I tell you what, as good as things feel doing the bad things, the good things outweigh that. Because doing a good deed just feels freaking great. And, and it has a long lasting effect. You know, it's you not temporary. You good deed doers? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, so with that being said, Waverly Hills Sanitarium next week. Correct. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to the show. And, uh, you know, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all that stuff mm-hmm. Jim mentioned earlier. It helps us out a ton. Gotta, you know, gotta smash topic. that like button, you know. That will never be us. Oh, I can't wait to say that when we get video going. Oh I'm going to just crank it out all the time. I'm going to put it in your voice, like 
like you said it. Yeah. And then that's when they split up. That's when it was done. That's all of a sudden Jen was like in jail. Yeah. And we were like, what happened? Yeah. And Frank's got one eye. You know. <laughs> all right. Rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Nope. Five. No cults, satanic or oh, otherwise. Please not. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact positive change in this world. Mm-hmm. It's possible. You can do it. Yeah. I promise. Oh, it's, it's, Put it's your easy. shopping cart away. Yeah. You know? Help somebody across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Buy coffee for the car behind you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Ask how they're doing and then just yeah. listen. That should well, be a rule. I mean, it is. What's the next rule? We just haven't gotten there yet. Don't engage with the black-eyed children, people, dogs, animals. Don't listen to them. No. Don't do it as bad. If they want ketchup for their apple, you just slam the door. And if you don't know what that means, you need to listen listen to the the black-eyed children episode. episode. Yeah. Correct. And last but not least. Just listen. Phew. We got it as a rule. We did. Excellent. We do. So, we did go to Joanne's, guys. We did a we did a recon. We did, yeah. And I overheard in Joanne's. Well, I heard you. I just wasn't listening. I submit, and you didn't hear her. Yeah. Like, it just made me think of my mom, because there's so many times when she's looking right at you. Pretty much like you're, oh, she's engaged. Yeah, no. No, no. Completely checked out. Yeah. You're like, did you not hear any of the words I just said? No. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. I guess we're done here. We are done here. (laughs) And we're done here. We are. Yes. Yes. So have an amazing day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care, folks.